Hey everyone, it's Pastor Brandon here, and I'm so excited to do the intro for this new series I'm going to be doing. It's going to be 14 weeks, and each week we're going to discuss one of the 14 declarations of faith of the Church of God denomination. Because we here at North Point, we're a part of the Church of God denomination, and it's a great thing and we have great theology and great beliefs that we really ascribe to and as a body I think it's important to know what we're a part of. So I just want to break down these 14 declarations of faith, these pillars of beliefs we as a denomination have, theology that we believe. And so these next 14 weeks I'm really excited to break them down with you and this is episode 14 so let's jump right on into our last episode. Good morning or good afternoon whenever you're listening to this. Happy Monday, and if it isn't Monday, happy whatever day of the week it is to you. I can't believe that this is week 14. We've went over 13 declarations of faith. We're going over our last one today, and I know these have been shorter lessons. I'm trying to make them kind of bite-sized so you can then investigate and dig in for yourself. If you have any questions, be sure to reach out to us on our social media or our website. We'd love to discuss any of this further with you. Again, thank you so much for being a part of this. When I, I started this, I had no idea if people would actually be interested, if people would enjoy it, and if people would stick around. And we've had some great connection, some great reaction, some great interaction with this series, and I'm so humbled by it, and I'm so excited that I'm able to do it. But before we get too far, I want to say a quick prayer, because even though these are teachings, and I have everything prepared, and and my notes, and my, my script, and all that type of thing, I love for God to intervene. I love for God to just speak through me when I don't even have it planned. Um, I always want to leave room for God. So, Lord God, I thank you so much for your presence. I thank you so much for your anointing. I thank you so much that right now, right here, you are in the midst of this podcast. You've been in the midst of every podcast that we've recorded. And, God, I thank you so much for that. I thank you for your amazing grace, for your amazing, amazing love, and your amazing patience with me. Um, It is such an honor, God, to be able to be a part of your kingdom and spread your kingdom. And I pray that this last podcast spreads your kingdom, God, that people get something from this and that they can strengthen their love and bond and connection with you, our Heavenly Father. Oh, in your mighty name, amen. All right, so Declaration 14. Guys, it says, We believe in the bodily resurrection, eternal life for the righteous, and eternal punishment for the wicked. So this is a pretty basic one. It it says it all right there, but I know we can break it down and, and kind of stretch it apart. But it's also very foundational. This is a huge pillar that I hope literally every Christian, regardless of denomination or regardless of whatever they're a part of, as a movement or whatever, that they believe this. We believe that Jesus resurrected from the grave, that he hung on the cross, he died for us, but then, guys, he came back. And because of that, he took the keys of death and gave us the ability to have eternal life when we die. When we die, we'll be in heaven with God eternally, and that is for the righteous. But also, eternally, there is something for the wicked as well. The people who don't accept God and ask God into their lives and join the kingdom, 
that is eternal punishment. So the bodily resurrection of believers is assured to us by, number one, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, which means he physically resurrected, and then by the earnest of the Holy Spirit. Now the assurance is the same for those who are dead in Christ, who shall be raised up in glory as it is for us who are alive at the time of Christ's return. So it doesn't matter if you died before Christ came back or if you're alive when Christ returned. That transformation of each of us to a state of bodily perfection that is incorruptible. The, the life principle of this transformed body is spiritual, and it's the exact pattern and likeness of the resurrected body of Jesus. We're not just whipping this out of thin air. We have that perfect template, and that is how Jesus resurrected after his death on the cross. It's the exact pattern of the resurrected body, who was the first fruits of the resurrection. And if you've never heard the term first fruits, what we mean, what I mean by this is he did it first. Think of tithe. We call our 10% our tithe, our first fruits. So that is we get paid and we take that 10% first. So it's not like your last fruit, your last 10%. It is the first fruit of your income. And it's the same here. In the resurrection, in eternal life, Jesus did it first. He was our example. He is the first fruit of this resurrected harvest. And this resurrection is the everlasting blessedness of eternal life. That's what the resurrection brings, guys. The blessedness as in, we are so blessed to be a part of eternal life with our Savior. And it ex- it's exposed in body and in spirit. So the bodily resurrection of unbelievers occurs after the millennium, which we talked about last week. So if you have any questions about what I mean when I say it occurs after the millennium, check out last week's podcast. And it's assured by the sovereign creatorship and government of Christ. Just like we have that um, assurance that we as believers will go up to heaven, the unbelievers have that same assurance, but kind of in a different way. The assurance is the same for all unbelievers, both living and dead, at the time of Christ's return, just like it is for believers. And at that time, after the millennium, the unbelieving, as in the non-Christians, will be judged and condemned to everlasting punishment in body and spirit. When it comes to the end, Christ's return And after that millennium, the unbelievers, they will go to everlasting punishment as in hell. And that is body and spirit. Just as us as believers, we go to heaven in body and in spirit. So the first assurance given to believers for their hope of personal resurrection, like I said, that first fruit, that first proof is the resurrection of Jesus. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 21. It says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. I love that. That is so exciting to me, and it's so poetic. We have death coming 
into humanity, into the world by a man as in the first man ever created, and that was Adam. Through the Adamic curse, he took the fruit, he went against God, he sinned, and brought death into the world because that was not God's initial plan. But then Adam does this, brings sin, but God has a plan for redemption of man, bringing eternal life, which was his initial plan, and now it's come through by Jesus. Because of what Adam did, it brought sin, and then because of what Jesus did, brought life. It, it's so beautiful. And the meaning of first fruits is the beginning of a harvest. So when this verse says it is the first of a great harvest, that's first fruit of this amazing big harvest as in Christians going up to heaven and that sacrifice of first fruits was required in order to bring this harvest season to God. So Jesus needed to die in order to be the first fruit of this harvest. And it was a sampling and dedication of the rest of the harvest for what was to come. Christ's resurrection became that first example of bodily resurrection and that guarantee of resurrection to all of us followers of his kingdom. So through Jesus and what he did, he bought that resurrection. He bought that eternal life for us. Now, that second assurance, when I said it was the earnest of the Holy Spirit, that's an interesting way to say it, right? So when I say it, I'm referring to a term used in purchases, which is often in real estate purchases. The earnest, the definition of that, earnest money, is a term used to refer to an amount of money given by a buyer to a seller to demonstrate the buyer's good faith in the transaction. It's most commonly used in the real estate transactions. Earnest money may be used to allow the buyer more time to seek financing or come up with the rest of the money. So it's like not quite a down payment, but it's almost like, hey, here's X amount of dollars to prove I am interested in this home. Let me seek the rest of the financing and give me a little bit of more time to work out the details and get this home purchased. So when I say the earnest of the Holy Spirit, I mean Jesus died, gave us that assurance, was the first fruit of this harvest, and then he sent the Holy Spirit as like a show of good faith, as in to prove to us as believers, yeah, God means what he's saying. He purchased us, and here's the Holy Spirit as a down payment until we get to be up in heaven with him. That's a beautiful concept, and it's one that you don't typically think of the Holy Spirit as. The Holy Spirit was our, is our advocate and empowers us, but it also is proof to us that God cares enough about us to purchase our eternity and to prove to us, hey, I purchased it, but here's a little bit of good faith money to show you that I mean it. Here's, here's the Holy Spirit to prove my love for you and that I'm excited to have you up in heaven with me after you do all that you're called to do on earth. And I love that. Spiritually, it's applied to the Holy Spirit, who's God's personal pledge to raise the believer from the dead. 2 Corinthians 5, 4 through 5, says, While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. It says it right there. As a guarantee, 
God has given us the Holy Spirit. Both of these assurances, and what do I mean when I say assurance? It means proof. You can be assured that this is happening. And both of these assurances, the resurrection of Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit, they're combined in the promise that is given to us in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Romans 8, 11, it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Believers will be raised up in the likeness of Christ's resurrected and glorious body. And then the unbelievers will be raised to the dead as well after the millennial reign and then be judged. And this resurrection of the righteous is referred to as the first resurrection. The second resurrection of the unbelievers is described in Revelation 20, 13 through 5. And that says, The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I don't want to be a part of that that group of people whose name was not found in the the book of life. I want to be written down. <laughs> I want to be for sure in there. And when you ask Jesus into your heart, you are written down. And when you maintain that relationship with God, you have nothing to worry about. But the thing is, we will be judged. The wicked will be judged. It says all were judged. As in, we have to answer for everything that we do. We have to answer for those crazy things we've thought, those crazy things we've said, those times that we just weren't acting like we should. We answer for those, but ultimately God's grace is there for those who've accepted him into their hearts. But then all who are wicked with death and the grave being thrown in the lake of fire, everyone who did not accept Jesus will be thrown in there. But I love how it says, Death and the grave will be literally thrown in there as well, as in the dominion of death, the dominion of the grave will be thrown into hell, and we no longer will suffer death. They all will be destroyed, and instead there is grace and there is life. And the believers, we are promised eternal life in heaven with God. If our name is in the book of life, which is done by accepting God into our heart, we have nothing to fear. And so I want to read this very empowering verse to you. John 3.16, I bet you all can quote it, and I'm even going to read it from the New King James Version, because I feel like when we memorize this verse, for some reason, we memorize it in the New King James Version. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There is nothing more empowering than that. Because we read in Revelation before that when we're judged, if we, do, if we are not written in that book, if our name is not recorded as accepting Jesus, we will not get that everlasting life. But when we do accept God, when we believe in him, and when we ask him into our heart, we will not perish. We will 
spend eternity with our Father in heaven. That is the most exciting thing. I love it. I'm super excited to spend eternity with my Father. And I know it's a little shorter today, and I think that's okay. It's the last one. This is a pretty foundational thing. But I I want to end it in a different kind of way because this is the last Declaration of Faith podcast I'm going to have. And this one's talking about, you know... Bodily resurrection is an eternal life for us who believe in Jesus and alternatively eternal punishment for those who don't. And if you're listening to this today, I don't want you to have eternal punishment. And I'm guessing, I don't know how many non-Christians will be listening to my podcast about declarations of faith, but you never know who can stumble upon it. And I want to give that opportunity. I don't want to end this series without having an opportunity for salvation. And maybe you have let your relationship with God go a little bit. Maybe you're not as close to God as you should be. Guess what? You know this. We've talked about it. The Church of God and I personally do not believe in once saved, always saved. I think you ask God into your heart, you are written down. But guess what? There is responsibility that comes with that relationship. You can sin. You can make yourself farther away from God. He'll always be pursuing you, but when we sin, we step farther and farther away from God. We are putting a wedge in that relationship, and maybe today you need to rededicate your life for the Lord. Maybe you need to say, from today forward, I'm putting more emphasis in my relationship with God. I am putting more effort into sinning less messing up less, and just getting closer to God, sitting at his feet, wanting his presence, seeking nothing else but my Savior. So before I end, I'm going to just pray that if you're listening to this and you need to either rededicate or ask God in, that, that you do that. That you you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you to do that. I'm not going to lead through a sinner's prayer. It's it's very simple. If you've never done it before, just tell God you believe in him, ask him in, and ask him to forgive. But I'm going to pray over everyone who's listening that whatever you're going through, you get where you need to get with God. Because this is real. There are eternal consequences to our actions today, be it righteous or unrighteous. So, Lord God, I thank you so much for everyone listening. God, I pray that they just feel the nudging of your Holy Spirit and that they act on what they're feeling. God, if they need to get closer to you, God, I pray that they get closer to you. If they need to accept you, God, I definitely pray that they accept you. And if they already know you, I pray that they still work every day to get even closer to you. God, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the listeners. And I thank you for you and your love. In your mighty name, amen. Wow, guys, it's been 14 weeks already. Thank you so, so much for sticking around with me. That's like three and a half months of talking. I just, I'm so honored that you've been a part of this with me, this uh, 14-week journey. And again, thank you so much. And I plan on having new content 
it's a whole new series I want to start. I just got to get it developed. And besides this, our Spotify channel still has testimony series from people in our body of believers, in our church, and also our sermons from every Sunday. Please stick around, stay in touch with us, check out our website, stay on board with our Spotify, keep those notifications going, our YouTube channel. We want to connect with you. We want you to stay a part of this internet family here at North Point, and thank you so very much for being a part of this. It means so much to me, and I won't see you next week, but have a wonderful week, and hopefully you'll tune in for our new series coming up before you know it.